Welcome to the Fearless Mom Podcast, where our goal is to give practical tips and tools to help moms actually enjoy parenting. Whether you're watching or listening by yourself or you're with a group, we're just so glad that you've joined us. And remember, we never wanna add to your already long to-do list. We just wanna help you be intentional with what you're already doing. Hey there, guys. This is Julie, and I'm so glad that you are joining us today. And guess who else we have with us? Emily. Oh, hey. Emily is here with us today. And you know why? Emily's here because (laughs) we are doing a series. Emily, Mm -hmm. you want to talk about a little bit about it? Um, Yes, we are. The series is called All the Feels, which resonates with me a little bit resonates with Emily so I said Emily I am going to do the all the feel series would you be interested yes that yes. was a, it makes me so excited to talk it, about cognitive behavioral parenting and thoughts feelings and behaviors and how they're different and how they impact each other well I'm glad that you're um, excited to join me because the truth of the matter is I can get really wrapped up in my mom guilt when it comes to this topic Mm. because I feel like I would do it completely differently if I had it to do all over again, but I can't do it all over again. So I will take what I have studied and learned and number one, be an amazing grandmother and (laughs) number two, when that time comes, no pressure. And, um, I, we can help, uh, other moms and kids and young adults. That's the thing too. Like, These are just life skills that apply to all relationships and personal development. And so I geek out about it. So we're going to dive in. But first, let's start off with prayer. God, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for um, your word that directs and guides us and assures us that you use all things, even our mistakes, for your glory and our good and the good of those we love. And um, I ask right now that you settle our hearts and minds and open our eyes and ears so we can see and hear what you know we need to learn today so we can be who we're created to be, who we're crafted and called to be. We trust you. We lean in and we lean on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So Emily, um, you mentioned cognitive behavioral parenting. I did. But I didn't um, mean to take your punchline. No, that's okay. That's okay. So you want to read the definition? Because I can talk about it all day. It is a term that... I um, love it. Yeah. I did. I did um, make up the term. Well, I had never heard the term. Maybe someone else made it up before me. I had never heard the term. I I don't think so. I don't think so. But um, I, I don't know. So, But it is based on the concept and the principles of cognitive behavioral therapy. Cognitive behavioral therapy is used um, to treat often anxiety and depression and other mental health um, issues, struggles, whatever we call it. But I had done some reading and how cognitive behavioral therapy was even being used in classrooms and with children as young as, you know, preschoolers on getting them to recognize their thoughts and their feelings and how uh, it impacts their behaviors and their actions. And so the more I read about it, I thought, well, gosh, this is awesome to treat anxiety and depression. But I do believe we can take these principles and not just use them as treatment, but maybe empower kids with some of these truths and skills and tools beforehand to minimize the impact of worries and um, 
stress and fears and all the feelings. And Mm so it's not like we can completely eliminate anxiety and depression from our kids' lives. Wouldn't that be amazing? (laughs) Yeah. If I said, Hey, do this and your kids will never struggle with anxiety or depression. We can't do that. But what we can do is give them enough tools and um, weapons and um, skills that can minimize the impact. Right. That, and manage. Yeah. Manage and manage and mitigate. That. Yeah. And so, oh, I like mitigate too. Emily, what? Those were, yeah, manage and mitigate. SAT and vocab, you're welcome. There you go. Actually, and so that's, that's what we're trying to do. Ago. And so Emily and I, Emily said, Mom, I think for this um, series, let's make it more conversational. In other words, I get pretty teachy <laughs> and that's okay. But when I get conversational, I have... Uh, discovered that when I listen to it, um, I sound like I'm trying to be so relaxed. Like mellow. Yes. <laughs> like, so, what's uh, up? But the truth is, I feel so passionately about this. There's nothing mellow in me. There's nothing mellow in Emily. <laughs> so I feel like we can be conversational. But I just want everybody to know that I'm working hard. <laughs> I'm not being teachy as I there's discuss a, there's, this as we have a, a casual conversation oh my gosh this is i'm i'm going on a tangent because i have to but there's a movie <laughs> where this, Emily this, this girl's mom is um like a motivational speaker and she's a teenager and she's like trying to talk to her mom about you know normal coming of age teenage things like ugh i'm so awkward and i like this boy whatever And the mom just keeps, like, shooting back motivational speak at her. (laughs) It's so funny. It's funny because Emily's says, Mom, that is exactly what you do to me. So, so all these. I'm trying. I feel like, no, I think it's so good. I think you and I both, we're geeks. And so I think in a conversation, we will still be plenty teachy all right so here we go so we're diving in <laughs> cognitive behavioral parenting in all the fields you're welcome for the behind the scenes yeah, oh my thanks. gosh and um the inner struggles <laughs> of mine and emily's relationship so <laughs> and i mentioned that i feel guilty because i do i did not have the tools we did not um it's not an excuse it's an explanation mm-hmm. of why uh we why emily is the way <laughs> No, I think there are some things it, it, we just have so much more, um, at our, so much more education, so much more research, Mm -hmm. so many more tools, um, at our, uh, disposal now and moms do and moms are, and not just moms, but schools are addressing it a lot. So they are picking up, um, the importance of social emotional learning and many classrooms. When you start talking about this with your kids, you'll Mm -hmm. notice they'll say, Oh yeah, we talked about that at school. Cause most, most elementary schools are, um, talking about emotional vocabulary and helping kids, identify thoughts and feelings as early as possible and how to articulate them and give names to them. Because there are practical implications of that. Like I think behavior management being trying to manage the behavior. Yeah. It only like behavior management includes addressing the behaviors. um, But to again, bring the, in the thoughts and the feelings and uh, acknowledging the relationship between all three of those things, I think is so Clever. Well, first, parents acknowledging and teachers acknowledging the connection, but then teaching kids to yeah. recognize it. And that's what cognitive behavioral parenting is. It's about looking at it on the front end, saying, what yeah. can we... Here's the definition. <laughs> that's not teachy. That was conversational. <laughs> Smooth transition. Go ahead, Emily. Um, cognitive behavioral parenting is 
proactive strategies that help children understand their thoughts and feelings and how those thoughts and feelings affect their actions slash behaviors. Yeah. We use those interchangeably. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, uh, what was the other word? There was another word that we use. Oh, for conduct, because it comes from the scripture. Oh. So actions, behavior, and, and conduct. conduct. I will use those interchangeably. Yeah. Proactive strategy just means we use it on the front end. So empowering kids to identify thoughts and feelings and actions. And if you've ever seen the cognitive behavioral therapy cycle, mm-hmm. it's a triangle with arrows um, pointing to each, starting with thoughts and thoughts lead to feelings and feelings lead to actions. And so, uh, understanding that they are all connected. And I love what Dr. Robbie says, because sometimes you've got to change your actions first. We don't wait necessarily to have our thoughts and feelings in order before we start behaving correctly. Sometimes we just have to choose to behave correctly because Mm -hmm. you will, you're much more likely to act your way into a feeling than to feel your way into an action. That's good. Like not waiting for motivation. Absolutely. Yeah. We, We don't, we don't have to wait to expect our kids to behave correctly or, you know, choose acceptable behavior we don't wait and go, okay, one day when they understand the thoughts and feelings that trigger that, then we can expect acceptable behavior. Which I think is so important to see that it's not a line with arrows. Like it's a circle because they all impact one another and there's not a definitive starting point every single time. Every single time. Yes. You're managing, you're kind of managing all three at the same time always. Yes. And just developing awareness and being intentional about different things. And I think as we teach our kids to understand the connection, we do teach the difference between an explanation and an excuse. Right. I was angry. I hit my brother. Why did you knock over your sister's, um, you know, block tower? I was frustrated. Okay. That's great that you identified the behavior. It's still, I mean, the feeling behind the Mm -hmm. behavior, it's still an unacceptable behavior. We have to, we found the explanation, but that is not an excuse. And validating the feeling like, it's fair to be frustrated yes. like because i think to, for me you did do this this one thing you did <laughs> separate feelings and be- thoughts and feelings from behaviors like i was allowed to feel whatever um but I was responsible for my conduct. I was Any feeling's okay for to feel, but how it you, appropriately. Sorry, I'm giving you one of those lines, but no, any, it, yeah, don't apologize. <laughs> any feeling's okay to feel, but how you express it matters. Yes, and we want to create a culture in our home, and that's what cognitive behavioral parenting is. It's understanding first as parents, we have to understand that my child's feelings are not necessarily a reflection on my parenting, or my success, or my failure. Right. So if my child has um, certain feelings, if my child has big feelings and doesn't yet know how to express them in a healthy and productive (laughs) way that's not necessarily a reflection on my parenting what I'm going to do is I'm going to embrace the here and now right and I'm going to do my best I have like you guys were young adults when I discovered all this content you know and and started doing this research and found feelings charts and how to help kids identify and name emotions um, at an early age and I, I had to address my guilt I had to go through the four A's. Yeah. I had to acknowledge it. Wow. Acknowledge right. my mistake, mishap, or my miss. It was just a parenting miss. I didn't have it. Yeah. And so I didn't do it. And yeah. so I acknowledged it. I accepted it that my miss um, meant that you guys didn't have some of the skills that we are empowering parents to give right. their kids now. Right. And then I had to appreciate it and go, you know what? I appreciate that God can use it, though. My miss 
maybe for education, you guys are learning it now and then to empower other parents and then we advance. So whenever you get stuck in that guilt cycle, always bring out the four A's. So wherever you are in your parenting, if you haven't done it yet, or if this is brand new information for you. Yeah. And I think give yourself some grace. I think there are like, I think there's so much wisdom and validity and like acknowledging the misses and going through the four A's. Um, I also think that parent tell me if I'm wrong because you know it's like you're an expert on parenting until you have kids right um, exactly but I don't think I'm an expert I do know that I, there's I so much I don't you're know you're speaking a, from your personal experience yeah, my and pers- your study mm, on yeah, thoughts and feelings totally my perspective and my study um on family sociology and you know all the things paying attention um but I think that there's no like we're all humans. And so like, there's no way, like, I do think there are, everyone has different pockets of delayed development. <laughs> uh, that's a great way to say it. Yes. And you prioritized very intentionally what areas for me to not have delayed development. And that matters. You know what I mean? Yes. And I, uh, I'm reading another book and I'm not going to give the title because I haven't finished it yet. And so I hate endorsing a book until I finished it. Yeah. Made that mistake before, but, um, that parents are going to make mistakes and that can often keep you from trying because you're afraid of doing it wrong. And so what we do is we lean in, we lean on, um, God, trust the information that we have and we show up. Yes. We do our best. We stay in the game. And so that, that's what we're trying to do. But I want to, uh, that was a little background. And now I want to dig in, Emily, to um, some some understandings that we believe are pretty important yeah. if you're going to implement cognitive behavioral parenting. And so mindfulness being one of them and self-control being another. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So mindfulness being a skill, being intentional. Um, and so, Emily, read that definition for me. Mindfulness is being fully aware or mindfulness, I guess, is the noun. So yes. it's the idea of being fully aware of the present and fully aware of thoughts, feelings, and sensations. This is such an important prepositional phrase without judgment or comparison. I love it. Why is that important? Um, well, as <laughs> for those of you Enneagram lovers, um, I'm an Enneagram one. So my inner critic is loud and proud. And the idea of um, thoughts, feelings, and sensations, just being that, um, acknowledgement and acceptance, um, is really hard to identify things neutrally, but it's so important. It is so important because I don't think we deal with it, um, effectively when we are feeling shame about it, or we are wishing that it weren't there, or we are wishing things are different. We get stuck. And that's a tool the enemy uses for us to get stuck and not able to, continue participating with God. So mindfulness, there are all kinds of um, mindful practices, and we uh, will talk about those later in this series, but just teaching your kids and teaching yourself to be fully aware of the present, fully aware of thoughts, feelings, and sensations without judgment or comparison. It's um, a great building block in um, cognitive behavioral parenting. 
And um, then the other one is self-control because mindfulness. This is my favorite definition you've ever made ever. (laughs) Mindfulness. Thanks, Em. Mindfulness, (laughs) though, we we talk about mindfulness in order to develop Mm self-awareness. So creating pause to say, how am I feeling? What am I thinking? What's going on with my body? What's going on? Where am I? Uh, Creating pause. Where am I? Spiritually, yeah, we where have am a responsibility I, yes. to be aware. Where am I emotionally? All of the things. Yeah. So mindfulness in order to create self-awareness and hate. And a big part of this is God awareness too. Right. So you can get, you can go down that mindful rabbit trail, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and get into um, all kinds of, if, if you start looking it up and our, our goal when we use mindfulness is develop self-awareness and we pair self-awareness with God awareness. So good. And that is so important and others awareness. So right. that's what mindfulness, I just, I want to make sure we are all on the same page there. And then self-control. What it is and what yeah, it is self-control. Not, yeah. And we read that definition. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm so excited. Self-control is ownership of the space between thoughts and actions and between feelings and behaviors owning the space between those things which means that those things are different from one another yes and there's space in between them that we can control that we can control and And we know that we can control that and so we would never allow in our house we would never allow ourselves to say you know i can't help it Right. Or I, you know, my, my face, I, I can't, there's nothing I can do about that. My face shows my emotions. Oh we my take gosh. full responsibility yeah. for our um, actions, our words, and our facial expressions. Which, by the way, is a very underrated skill. Like, if you want your kids to go far, which you probably do, if they can control their facial expressions, like, uh, they will stand out. Like that but gets, I think it. I think it's that important. That's, that's why. Co- part of cognitive behavioral parenting is understanding. Hey, you know what? Your face shows what you're thinking and feeling. Right. So let's talk about what you're thinking and feeling, and what the acceptable or appropriate response is to that thought or feeling. It's right. saying you actually can control it. So because like, your facial expression is an action. Yes, it is. It's not and, just a thing right. that exists. Your your body language, all of it. So yeah. all of this is rooted in Galatians six four and five. So Galatians six four and five is really the basis for cognitive behavioral parenting. Pay careful attention to your own work. Be mindful. Mm-hmm. Be aware. For then you'll get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. My child is responsible for his conduct. I am responsible for my conduct. You are responsible for your conduct. Um, And that's why I use that word interchangeably with actions and behaviors. But pay careful attention to your work. We want our kids to be thoughtful and intentional. And being mindful is paying careful attention. Right. That's how it's all connected. And And sorry. Go go ahead. ahead. No, No, you go ahead. It's just so cool to me. I love this verse because... I want the satisfaction of a job well done. I want to not have the need to compare myself to anyone else. And so I'm like, ugh, I just need to stop comparing myself. Ugh, I just want to feel the satisfaction of a job well done. Like, I'm working so hard. Why am I not feeling the satisfaction of a job well done? Whatever. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. If I pay careful attention to my own work and take responsibility for my own conduct then I will get the satisfaction of a job well done and I won't need to compare myself to anyone else. Yeah, I I love these verses. I, I think they're, you know, life verses. Yes. Um, and then Romans 12, 2 also. 
Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Another version will say, you know, don't um, uh, conform to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm -hmm. For then you will know God's will for you, Mm -hmm. his good, pleasing and perfect will. And I think that so often we are looking for what's God's will for me? What's God's will for my child? And we'll we focus on that don't copy the customs and behaviors of the world right you know don't conform to the world don't be just like everybody else but let god change you by changing the way you think I, uh, this is changing the way you think is neuroplasticity this is when, what paul wrote yes. in the book of romans <laughs> yeah. however many years ago is literally neuroplasticity which is just the understanding that we have recently found in you know uh psychology world and neuroscience uh, that our brains can change we can change our thought patterns we actually can change the wiring of our brains and so god in his you know creative genius Mm -hmm. created us that way that if we learn these healthy practices we can that's what cognitive behavioral therapy does right it gets in there and says hey you have unhealthy thought patterns and so let's get some healthy patterns going and then it will actually your brain can rewire and after enough practice you will begin to think habitually in a healthy way or you can what we want to do with cognitive behavioral parenting is hey let's establish those healthy patterns on the front end yeah and like let god transform you into a new person like that's going towards something positive in addition to away from the unhealthy thought patterns and and behaviors it's also going toward thought patterns and behaviors that we can't even ask for or imagine like and so I get excited when I think because at first I'm like change the way I think and then I kind of like cross my arms and get defensive of the way I think and I'm like you're getting stuck right gotta go back to the four A's back to the four A's and like engaging in this idea that like it's exciting what I could become, what my thoughts could become, what my actions could become instead of getting protective and defensive of what they are currently. Which is super easy to do. Oh my gosh, yes. But as we move forward, so when we talk about this series, we're going to dive into more feelings and how to help our kids um, identify, process, and express those feelings in a healthy and productive way, thoughts and feelings. Mm -hmm. But this one, really this series, we're going to talk about thoughts but we're going to focus on feelings on big feelings all the feels all the feels because we know we want to help the kids like say oh this is what i'm feeling so we work a lot on emotional vocabulary if you go to the website you can go to fearlessmom.com click on resources we have a feelings chart there and the feelings chart it's simply emojis changer for kids and grown-ups and grown-ups and this I think an important thing to remember is the feelings chart is should just be part of our daily life. Totally. In, in preparation for when we for have the, the big, big moments, feelings. Right. So on the back of the, if you print it out, you, it may print as two pages. It's a PDF. And then there's some activities that you can do. You can go to your printer settings and make it front and back if you want. Oh, I don't know how to do that. But <laughs> Emily can help you out on that. But I, but I think that you talk about feelings um, hypothetically when they're not there. 
and you talk about, and then when they it are helps you there, address them neutrally, right? When they are, you're feeling no shame when you're talking about them. If I felt this way, then I would this. Yeah, it, I hypothetical. There's so much easier to talk about. So we we talk about them in preparation, so that then when I do feel them, I know how to put a name on it. I know mm-hmm. that it is normal, and any any feelings okay to feel, and how I express it matters. And so Emily, help <laughs> explain the difference. Why would we never say? Which I have definitely said before. What? Why have I stopped saying <laughs> positive and negative feelings? Oh, oh my gosh. This is something that we've been working on um, because negative, the term negative feelings, there's something in it that makes me feel, and not just me alone, like right. us as people, that makes us feel like it's wrong to feel it. And so we, of course, you can say, painful feelings because it puts it on it's just like unfun i say unfun Mom. i came up with this scientific term yes i'm gonna spell it for you <laughs> so that and then i'll pronounce it i c k y that's right icky icky feelings. it's a scientific term so i don't want to say positive or negative there's no shame in feeling these icky feelings and i think as a mom i we have to get positive right we can say positive I just or no. I sure positive feelings. I I think fun feelings, fun feelings, desirable feelings. Okay, yeah, and, I'm on board. Um, but I I think that it's that important. was a real clarifying question, not a stating of an opinion. <laughs> I like Im- to clarify. It's important for moms to acknowledge. I don't like feeling icky feelings. I certainly don't like for my children to feel icky I feelings. Imagine and my goal. I don't like for Walter to feel it. Right. Emily's dog. Um, And so my, but but you know what, Emily, it's a great little insight of how you'll feel about your children. Just like a tip of the iceberg. It's true. Cool. But I wanted to create a home. I felt like my responsibility as mom, Mac and I took that responsibility of creating the culture in our home. Very, you know, we we took it seriously. Mm -hmm. We worked very intentionally to create a home that was fun, that was safe that, um, that you enjoyed, that you and Joe felt, uh, you know, like you wanted to come home, you wanted to bring your friends over. I felt like that meant, okay, I've got to protect us from icky feelings. Wow. Yeah. But in reality, creating a safe home, creating an environment that where kids feel like, okay, I like it here. Really? The truth of the matter is I needed to realize, and I think this is what we try to do now, create that home in which any feelings okay to feel, but how you express it matters. Yes. I'm home. I'm safe. I like it here. Even when things are messy and icky. Even when things are and icky. David Thomas talked about that. Yes. And creating that space at the conference. Um, yeah. So awesome. And you can still get that content, by the way. Yeah. I just threw that little teaser out there. Uh, yeah. Fearlessmom.com. She's not paying me to say that. Right. But if you click on conference, you can go to a 2022 conference. And David Thomas from Daystar Counseling and Raising Boys and Girls mm-hmm. addressed that um, in, in such a great way. But I... I that was something that we worked really hard on. And we learned later that any feeling is okay to feel. Actually, we learned it early. Yeah. I took you to the counselor when you were four and you were having a lot of big feelings. And I asked <laughs> if it could be your hormones <laughs> because it was like, it wow. It was such a sincere question too. Uh, legit. I totally thought that that. Emily's four-year-old hormones. I mean, I thought maybe it was a thing. It was the only explanation I could find. And she said, well, no, it's not her hormones, but it could be yours. 
<laughs> I was trying not to be offended. We did yeah. not go back to her. Just kidding. We did. Oh, I also wanted to give um, a little asterisk footnote disclaimer. Uh, that's all. But when we talk about my having kids one day, um, that's because like we've talked about that. I want to have kids. Not oh, for sure. I'm like, not assuming. That. Yeah, no, no, right. no. We've talked about it. I just wanted to throw that out there. It's something that I have appreciated from my whole family that. Yeah. It's yeah. A, it, it, it's a choice and my choices that I want to. So. Yes. Not that, yet. Not yet. Right. We're going to um, work on the order of operations <laughs> there. <laughs> Let's move on. But there are a few things that we do talk about um, when we talk, when we empower our kids with cognitive behavioral parenting mm -hmm. and we'll divide it up and talk about um, uh, the second part of cognitive behavioral parenting in the next session. And then we'll dive into in our next episode. Our, oh, well, is that session episode. Yeah. But then we'll dive into anger and what anger looks like in different age stages and different personality and temperaments and what we can do to empower our kids to identify and um, process and express that in a healthy and productive way. So we'll do anger and we'll do fear and we'll do sadness. Aren't those fun? We have a mom who loves um, <laughs> icky feelings. Loves icky feelings. But I, I think it's so important because, I again, we cannot guarantee that our kids will not struggle with anxiety and depression, but we can arm them. Mm -hmm. And what did you say? Mitigate the impact. Yes, mitigate and manage. Mitigate and manage. Um, feelings of... Icky feelings. Icky feelings. And, um, and, but, but I think that, uh, again, go to the website, go grab that feelings chart. If you don't already have it, that's a great start and acknowledge. I make myself look at it. I'm working on developing my emotional vocabulary because oh, I know the words and becoming okay. And with being vulnerable and expressing icky feelings, labeling them is like, that's what I stiff arm. I love to like feel feelings. Like I'll watch a sad movie. Cause I'm like, Oh, I want to weep. And this movie is so good. Do you remember that book I used to read? <laughs> Walk Two Moons. Walk Two Moons. And she would read it. I'd read it. I read it like 10 times in elementary and middle school. And she would come in sobbing. At the same part of the book every time. And I loved it. And I, that is foreign to me. I, it sounds a little alarming. No, what is it? It sounds melancholy. It sounds, there's another word that I'm searching You're for. You're right. Um, but it, but that. You are a big feeler. I'm a big feeler, but labeling and, the feelings yeah. is bleh. So what do you, what do you say it, about your, you used to say that you wore your feelings on your sleeve? Oh yeah. I used to think I wore my heart on my sleeve and, you know, let everyone know how I'm feeling. Um, but really I just wore my thoughts on my sleeve and only let people know what I was confident of. Vulnerability? No zero vulnerability but it looked like I was people think they see so much of me or whatever but it's just my thoughts but not I, my feelings I believe that if you can equip your kids with emotional vocabulary and create an environment in your home in which any okay any feelings okay to feel but how you express it matters right empower them with emotional vocabulary early help them understand the cognitive behavioral parenting wheel Yes. of thoughts, feelings, and actions, thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And look at feelings and thoughts with no judgment or comparison. Right. Just with curiosity. Mm -hmm. Wonder why I'm feeling this way. Wonder what I'm thinking that makes me feel this way. And we'll look into, and then that's a thought, not necessarily a truth, understanding the difference between a statement and a fact, mm. a thought and a truth, right? a thought and a belief. Because when it comes to belief, you know, it settles as fact in our brains, whether it's true or not. Right. We have to filter thoughts through 
truth. Yes, all the time. And so um, helping kids do that works them up to being vulnerable. Right. Well, because if, if any thought is okay to think or if any feeling is okay to feel, um, there's shame removed from those things. And then it's like, oh, okay, I take ownership of my behavior. When I'm looking at my feelings, I'm like, oh, I feel sad right now. How is that? How did I identify that I was feeling sad? What did I do that made me realize I was sad? And then what made me sad? What was the triggering event that made me sad? And it's like, okay, I can, it's a skill. It is a, the word practice is something I'm hung up on because I like to be great at things. And I am like, okay, I'm going to be a runner. And I run two times and it's hard. And I'm like, oh, guess I'm not meant to be a runner. And it's like, no, I could become a runner. It's a practice. It's a skill to be developed. And I think the same thing about vulnerability and identifying feelings is like, I have to develop this skill. And so I'm 27, looking at the feelings chart regularly, making myself write down what I feel when it's icky, when it's positive and connecting the dots of my thoughts, feelings and behaviors. And it it takes work. It takes work. It takes mindfulness, being intentional. Yeah. And it takes self-control and um, owning the responsibility. And just so you know, this has been like three years of working on this. And I did it like twice the first year ever at all. <laughs> what is David Thomas? And now though? I'm not. I'm st- we're still working on it. David Thomas says practice makes progress. Right. Not the not goal practice, is not perfection. No. But practice makes progress, and we're moving um, forward. Now, um, moms, as we end today, here is our challenge to you. I have to be honest with myself and say, okay, what are my feelings about my kids' feelings? Mm. How do I feel about what my kids feel? And how do I feel about what my kids think? And do I own that responsibility, or do I own the responsibility for just helping them recognize what they already think and feel? Whoa. And um, that, that's significant. And so I have to be mindful and say, what is my responsibility? It yeah. is to pay careful attention to my own work. And I'm responsible for my conduct. And this is a boundary and where I say, and we say this all the time in Fearless Mom, to discipline effectively, to parent effectively. You have to, number one, get comfortable with your child being uncomfortable. Number two, separate your child's um, identity from your own. And then number three, um, I have to put my child's needs above my wants. And wow. all of this comes into play when we're talking about equipping our kids to identify, process, and express any thought or feeling right. in a healthy and productive way. Right. And so that's what we want to be intentional about and mindful of this week is, okay, I'm going to watch how my kids think and feel and see how it impacts me. Yeah. And I'm going to get comfortable with my child being uncomfortable and recognize that icky feeling is not my responsibility. It's my responsibility to equip him or her to identify, process, and express it in a healthy way. That overflow of your kids seeing you, whatever. Whatever it is. And then I have to separate my child's identity from my own. You know, I'm responsible for my work. He or she is responsible for his or her work. And then putting my child's needs above my wants. I want everybody to be happy all the time. But my child needs to understand that icky feelings are normal. Mm -hmm. And so we want to normalize them. Mm -hmm. And we want to help our kids, um, you know, 
analyze them so they can utilize them. That's right. Oh, hey, you know, if it rhymes, there she is. If it rhymes, I'm probably going to say it again. But um, that's the goal. The goal. And then also, how are you with your own icky feelings? Are you, mom, someone who stiff arms icky feelings? Or do you stop and say, okay, I want to be mindful of this. I want to recognize this with no judgment or comparison, just with curiosity. Um, so that's worth developing. Yeah, for sure. That's our goal. Emily, thank you so much for what did we call uh, this episode? Yes, mom. It's, I know it's a podcast it, episode. I know, but I always call them <laughs> sessions because that's what I'm usually doing. But uh, and then next week we will talk a little bit more about cognitive behavioral parenting. And Emily, um, you're uh, breaking down the thoughts and feelings and to catch it see it you know i love oh yes it's so fun i love anything that has i love it choreography i love crashing the fearless mom party and hanging out with you guys yeah thanks so much guys we hope you have a great um week and we will be back with the next episode (laughs) next week (laughs) we're so glad you joined us today You can get more resources and information at fearlessmom.com.